Well, so glad you could join us on this Sunday night here on uh, 716 WJR. He is in game. Bill Cannon, John Kershaw, and the Legion. So much to get into uh, tonight. It is one of those things where uh, we would be remiss if we didn't touch on the horrible tragedy in Oxford. Bill, I know you have a unique perspective on that community that we will get to in just a moment. Uh, the Lions win their first game. Michigan, the outright Big Ten champion, just clobbering uh, Iowa last night, the Big Ten championship game. Michigan State going to the Peach Bowl. Uh, we have some darn good games going on right now in the National Football League as well. The uh, Reds, I almost called them the Redskins. The <laughs> Washington football team, Bill, uh, comes right. away with a 17-15 uh, victory over the Raiders. That game just ended. Yeah. Ravens on top of the Steelers, 13 12 Seahawks hanging on to a 30-23 lead with 11-13 to go in that one. Uh, run, 4 o'clock final. The Rams throttle the Jags 37-7. Matthew Stafford, 26-38, 295, and three touchdowns. And Bill, as you pointed out, showing everybody that he's one of the toughest guys yeah. you'll ever meet. He took a monster hit today. Yeah, and and that seemed to I don't know revitalize him. Is that the best yeah. way to say it? I mean, I we were talking, and I I said that, that shook out the cobwebs or something because he was okay up to that point, and then from that hit on, boom, he uh, he looked like the uh, the Matthew we know and love, and uh, and I I was you know going into that game, I I've seen Jacksonville in person this year and watched had a couple of their games in my NFL role and they are very fast on defense. They are very physical on defense as that play we talked about, you know, showed. But uh I didn't think it was gonna be the game it became, quite honestly. Um but the Rams looked looked really good. They looked like they did earlier in the season. Yeah, no doubt about that. They get a big win. Of course yeah. uh, we'd be remiss if I didn't mention tonight uh, Broncos and Chiefs in Kansas City tomorrow yeah. night. Uh, oh, I'm going to stay up and I'm going to pay for it. Patriots yeah. and Bills at Orchard Park tomorrow. So that right. rounds out your NFL uh, schedule. Yeah. But, uh, Bill, like every human out there, um, I, I know this was a rough week for you. And in particular, this one hit close to home. Yeah, I mean, lived in Oxford for 34 years. Um, my three kids went to school there, graduated from there. We've all been very involved in the in the school district. I was on the board for seven years. Um, my two oldest boys coached there. My oldest taught there. Um, and you know, when when the calls started coming in Tuesday, and the reality of it starts to set in, the only thing I could compare it to and, and it was a Tuesday as well now that I'm thinking of it uh, was 9-11 because when that happened I'm sure most of us if not all of us had many thoughts but one had to be this can't happen in our country this can't happen to us well it not only can it did and then this thing with what happened in our our school and in our, our town um it can't, but it did. We became that other community that day. And um, just like 9-11 will mean something different forever 
for our country, 1130 um, will mean something totally different for Oxford and everybody. Um, and it's not just Oxford that's been affected. I mean, the outpouring from all the neighboring communities like Orion uh, at the at the vigil in town Friday night, there were as many uh, Lake Orion jackets and and hats as there were Oxford because um, it's it's our neighboring community and uh, so many have reached out, so many have done vigils and um, it it's just so sobering. I mean. It, you know, we all feel bad, you know, our community's been rocked, but um, uh, the the reality is as bad as we feel, there were four families that sent their children to school Tuesday morning and, uh, and those kids are never coming home again. And um, wow, talk about perspective and um, wow. I mean, it's just, it's hard to know what to say and and i'm not sure there is the right words yeah it is one of those things bill that you um when my daughter got home from school on tuesday i just gave her a big hug yeah and I, you know it's you have a conversation that you, you never ever expect to have with with your child you know she's a right. a junior at northville high school and you know i i just mm -hmm. sat her down and i, I said honey yeah. if you ever if you ever hear anything tell me I'll, I'll be the guy that goes to yeah. the school and, and, and report something and everything. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's just such a, a senseless tragedy, Bill. And, and, yeah. you know, the, the four people who lost their lives, it's, it, it, I don't know. It just didn't have to happen. And no. the way, the way that uh, they have been honored by not yeah. only the Oxford community, but really everywhere by the Michigan Wolverines, right. by the Detroit lions. Um, yeah. I think you said it very well, Bill. It's, it, we're, we're never going to forget it. We're never no. going to forget them. And, no. um, you know, hopefully we, we can be a better society. It just, yeah. it, that's the thing that always gets me. It, it, it just like, what are we doing? What I know I'm not getting political. I don't want anybody to no, think no, of no. Being political. It, it, it's, it's just, come on. What, what's going on? You know? Right. I know. I mean, when we were young, uh, <laughs> in grade school and middle school and high school, my memory of, of fire drills were about the only thing we prepared for. Um, and they were fun because you got to go outside um, a fire drill. Okay. Um, now the generation before us prepared for, for the bombs during world war two. So that was, that was different. Um, but in our lifetime, um, what these kids have to prepare for, um is is so sad and tragic yet it's um an absolute certainty that that preparation that the school district um had implemented over the years like many districts in oakland county and throughout the state from every account it saved lives uh, it undoubtedly did um so you think about high school kids being put in that situation um, is remarkable. The poise, the bravery, everything. I mean, I, you know, you just can't ever imagine being in a situation like that, no. like that. But yet, all those kids, all those teachers, all the administrators, everybody in the building that day, from all accounts, uh, reacted just 
impeccably um, with respect to following the protocols that they had practiced and had been in place. And uh, and you want to hold on to something, you know, positive, I guess, if you can. And and what everybody seems to believe and be convinced of that because of that preparedness and and the actions of those kids, uh, there were definitely lives saved. So, uh, you know, that's a, that's a blessing, but it, you know, you say that and you still think of those four families. That's exactly it. No doubt. And our heart yeah. goes out to them and, uh, yeah. we, we pray for peace for them, for really the yeah. entire community. There's right. no doubt about that. And yeah. you're, you're loss we 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 grieve with you no, Amen. no doubt about yeah. it all right when we come back uh, we have to talk about so many things uh start with the michigan wolverines what a yeah. what a phenomenal season and finally finally as i was joking with chris renwick as somebody mm-hmm. who well is a spartan fan i got tired of all the talk about what <laughs> michigan was going to do they finally did it and you yeah. have to give them their credit as such we'll come back and we'll get into that. He's Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian. This is Gridiron Rap on 760 WJR. Well, one of the guys that we work with, Bill, back at the station, it could be either one of them. It could be Jason. It could be Eric. They're both They just put up as you and I were going to the break. Go color that rhymes with glue. I can't bring myself to say that word. I'll just say it rhymes with glue. Um, and, and, you know, it's it's funny, and I've had this conversation with Eric before. I think the difference between a Michigan-Michigan State fan, I've said this for years, is Michigan fans tell you what they're surely going to do by year's end, whereas Michigan State fans tell you what they did after the fact. And um, this is a year, Bill, this is a year that Michigan fans, you didn't hear that. You didn't hear that this right. year. They just went out and did it, and did it in yep. fine fashion. They left no mistake. The way they knocked mm-hmm. off Ohio State and last night, the way they yeah. knocked off Iowa, they are the Big Ten champions. Yeah, what a what a amazing ride U of M football has had this year. Um, you know, going back to the off season and the changes in the staff and. Uh, even, and I just learned this uh, last night that at the uh, Big Ten Media Day, they would have all the coaches pose with the Big Ten trophy for understandable reasons. You want to have those photos in place. Um, but Jim Harbaugh wouldn't. He didn't. And I don't know that he said anything specific to that, but you got to believe he wanted to pose with that trophy when uh, when they won it, not for publicity purposes. And uh you know, everybody was worried, appropriately so, about the letdown after that Ohio State win. That that Ohio State win, you can't really accurately quantify the importance of that, I don't think. it. I mean, was there ever a bigger win in our lifetimes in Michigan history? I don't think so. I mean, some will say the national championship against Washington State. Yeah, we get that. But with all the factors involved, the greatest rivalry in college sports, you know, the history with Woody and Bo and blah, blah, blah. And then what's happened the last 15 years. And uh, to do that, the way Michigan did it at the big house to uh, give them, you know, a chance to play for the, the conference championship is just, that was remarkable. And then they validated it. That's the key. 
they validated it last night. And, and Iowa is an extremely well-coached team. Um, they're a good team, but Michigan was a great team last night. And uh, I think I don't think any of the teams in the in the playoffs want to play the Wolverines right now. I don't believe anybody wants to play the Wolverines. No, and and, and you know what, Bill? That's the the best part about it. And, and I I'll, I've yeah. said this till I was blue in the face and. Uh, to to put yourself in a position to do that, you have to yeah. find a way to win your conference. And that mm-hmm. has proven to be elusive to Michigan this year, but they did it. They won the division. They won the conference. Right. And now you're in that position. And, uh, boy, Chris Redwick yeah. and I were just talking about this. One of the things, Bill, and I know you've been around forever, I, I, I don't like to hear people talk about what they think they know because so often in college <laughs> football – yeah. What we think we know doesn't come to fruition. And uh, the way no. Michigan's playing right now, I'm going to echo what you said. If yeah. I'm Georgia, I'm paying close attention to what's right. going on. Right. I was really, really curious about how the seedings would come out because I think the common thought was they would come out the way they did. But you're Michigan, you're going in number two, you win. Uh, number one loses. I get it. You know, Alabama is Alabama, but a part of me, maybe it was more wishful than reality um, was thinking Michigan would move up to number one play Cincinnati. And then the thought being that you could set up a national championship between Michigan. And if Alabama won again, or even if Georgia did um, a national championship, again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. (laughs) I know the Cincinnati fans don't want to hear that. But um, so I just wondered if any of that went into the the thought process, because, you know, the fact remains the highest rated games this year on TV have been Michigan games. Mm -hmm. The Michigan State game, the Ohio State game was one of the highest rated games in years. So we, we can't deny the fact that, you know, in many respects, TV, I don't want to say controls college football, but they sure have a big part in decisions like this so i was i was like i said probably more hopeful um than realistic that michigan might get bumped up to potentially set up that that championship game but again uh georgia ain't having any of that right now yeah so uh we'll see it's funny you mentioned that bill honestly i tweeted something like this out today i know it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things because that's Mm -hmm. what you have the playoff for to to settle things on the field but I have a difficult time with the committee sitting in the room and saying, hey, um, Michigan just won the Big Ten and, and won that game by 39 points. Maybe we should have Alabama leapfrog them. You know, I could better understand it if Michigan struggled and, you know, only beat yeah. Iowa by a touchdown, for goodness sake. Maybe I, I had a difficult time kind of accepting right. that, you know, and. And that's that's the way it goes with the committee. I mean, you know, you're you're always going to get Alabama. There's magic that dances around that name for good reason. I mean, the job that Nick Saban has done there is incredible. Mm-hmm. But uh, your mm-hmm. your thinking was in line with mine. And folks, Bill mm-hmm. and I hadn't talked about that. I I don't know, Bill. I, right. I would have made the argument for Michigan to be number one, but uh, the committee felt otherwise. No, no doubt, Sean. And and my rationale about the TV factor. As we're talking here and thinking, maybe it worked against us or against Michigan moving up because there was talk about you don't want to have Alabama and Georgia play again, you know, the next game. Well, 
that's happened before, I'm sure. So maybe it worked against us. So maybe TV did have a bigger, you know, factor in it than we than we thought. But um, you know, the bottom line is, uh, the absolute bottom line is, uh, Michigan is not afraid to play anybody right now, no. and they shouldn't be. They shouldn't be. When you have the offensive line that they have, which I think everything begins and and ends there at any level of football. When you have those two edge rushers that before every snap, that quarterback is looking at those two guys. Yep. He's on, on, he, he, those guys are in his head. They have to be, I mean, you know, Hutchinson speaks for herself. I mean, it, from all accounts, he's probably going to be at the downtown athletic club, you know, in a, in a few weeks or two, he should be what he's done. I mean, is any player better than him? Um, how do you define that? How do you quantify that? Um, so they, they have in, in, in the scene that really got me last night at the end of the game, um, when coach Harbaugh had the water spilled on him and you know, all that. And then the receiver bell is hugging him. You know, going into the season, he was probably considered their best offensive player. Mm -hmm. And he gets hurt, and they recover from that. Yep. And, I mean, that that's the essence of football, the team, the team, the team. And it takes everyone, and Michigan proved that. It took everyone. And, uh, you know, what a historical season. And, and they're not the only Michigan team playing more football, as we know. How about Fair State? How about the – Bulldogs. Uh, you know what, wow. uh, Bill, you read yeah. my mind. You and I, since we started the show, have talked about <laughs> the state of football, uh, yeah. Michigan. You yeah. have Eastern Michigan taking on Liberty in the Lending, yep. Lending Tree Bowl. You have yeah. Central Michigan taking yeah. on Boise in the Barstool. Right. Uh, you have yeah. Western Michigan in Nevada in our own backyard. That's a game right. uh, my son and I have loved to go to. Uh, ever, ever since I can remember, it's just, you right. know, whether it was at the dome or whether it was at Ford field, it yeah. didn't matter what incarnation it was. It was, it was always a good time uh, going to see that game, Michigan state in the peach bowl. And as you mentioned, something yeah. that I guess I'm a, a little familiar with top Taggart field is going to be the site. <laughs> uh, you yeah. have Ferris state knocking off Northwestern Missouri state, 41 to 20. Yeah. They host shepherd next week. And, if they right. win that game, they go back to the NC2A Division II National wow. Championship game down in Texas. Uh, wow. Just a banner year for football in this state. I mean, Sean, think about it. Is there any state, and I'm serious, I mean, we're homers when it comes to our state, obviously, but is there any state that ha has had this kind of year with, I mean, Division One, yeah, and Division Two. I mean, we, we've talked about, you know, Michigan really is the the capital of football uh, when it comes to the collegiate level. But think about that. That's uh, remarkable. You have four Division One schools playing in bowl or five. Right. All the all the directional schools, Michigan State, Michigan. You've got uh, Fair State in the final four of the Division Two championship. Holy moly. I mean, that's incredible. And that's you know, a testament to all those youth league coaches in our state, because the majority of the kids on all those teams come from our state. It's a testament to the high school coaches, the teachers, the parents, the sacrifice, everything. So it, none of that happens by accident. And uh, wow. Um, and Michigan State at Pitt, I can't wait for that oh. game. 
I think I was uh, gonna say, uh, yeah, oh. that, that's 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 got to be a little personal to you with that oh, yeah. pit angle and yeah. old friend Pat Narduzzi. Uh, hey, yeah. listen, it's a New Year's Six Bowl. I, right. Bill, I I couldn't be happier. Two guys that are in the conversation for Heisman. Yep. Uh, it's it's just gonna be a fun fun matchup. It is, and I I am so impressed with Kenny Pickett, uh, the quarterback at Pitt. Um, I think he is exceptional. He's got the physical tools, the size, the leg speed, and he broke Dan Marino's records. I mean, he's had a prolific career. And then you're going against, you know, Kenny Walker and, and the, the Spartans. And I mean, holy mackerel, what a matchup that is. So uh, we have a lot, a lot to look forward to in the next month and a half. No doubt about that. Hey, we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk about uh, the Lions getting their first victory yep. today. Bill, I, I know you were working. I had flashbacks to 12 years ago. I really yeah. did. I'll explain it when we come back. Okay. Uh, and, and we were in a different place, but the same yeah. thing was happening. I, mm-hmm. I know you'll appreciate it. We'll get into that as the yeah. Lions finally get their first win under coach Dan Campbell. They knock off the Vikings today, 29-27 on a – Am I allowed to say this? A walk-off touchdown? We'll get into that when we come back. He's Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belligian. This is Gridiron Rack. Bill, I want to get the Lions, and I have to ask. I, I don't even know if you're right. My guess mm-hmm. is you're going to say the But uh, Ravens Steelers. Yeah. Unreal. People out there. People out there. Ravens get the ball back. the choice for the Ravens. The Ravens went for two. John Harbaugh didn't hesitate, John. He immediately put up two. And the pass fail. Incomplete. Steelers come away with a 20-19 to victory. Uh, Bill, I will say this. More coaches today are going with decisions like that. And and I like it. I like it. Yeah. I mean, if if it works, it's the greatest. If it doesn't, it usually is the worst. That was so close. But the one thing I saw on that play, Sean, and uh, all Lions fans should take note, and I'm sure many of them will when they see that play if they weren't watching. The pressure on that play came from Watt, J.T. Watt, Edge Rusher. And there's, I know it's premature and what have you, there's a lot of talk about April when the Lions are picking, and there's some incredible edge rushers out there. And can they impact the game? He had a he had a play on a previous series where he he sacked the quarterback. I mean, he's as dynamic a, a defensive player as there is in the league now. And that pressure that he put on the quarterback on Jackson altered the play. And I'm sure many would say that was the difference in that play, um, not succeeding. And uh, you're, you're talking about inches. I mean, the pass was just a little off because he, he felt the pressure from Watt and had to step up and get rid of the ball quickly, more quickly than he probably wanted to. And um, and I'm, I'm watching. I got another game on. And it looks like Seattle beat the, the 49ers. 49ers were on a roll. Yeah. They were rolling. Yep. And uh, 
and they had a fourth down, a pass in the end zone that got deflected at the line of scrimmage. So from week to week to week, what a what a season this has been. You know, to your point, for people out there, if you're not a draft beatnik, I will definitely I will echo what Bill is saying. There's a chance that two edge rushers yep. could go one and two in the draft this year. Yep. I'm not j- Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon and, of course, uh, Hutchinson yeah. from Michigan. I mean, those names are up there, folks. You think it's important in today's league? Yeah. I think you're going to find out how important it is to, to guys that draft. They're going to be drafted very, very early in the 2022 draft, Bill. Right. And I, I'm not saying this is a reason, but when you look at the evolution of, of the NFL rules over the last 20 years, everything has been for the offense, the offense, um, the back seven, especially has been impacted defensively where you can touch a receiver, hold blah, blah, blah. But I don't think there have been, they, they, they messed with the, with the line yet with the rushers, they still are able to do what they used to do. So in my, my belief, my opinion, that puts an even greater premium premium on those guys like like Hutchinson. And um so I, I you know hopefully the, the league doesn't you know mess with with the defensive line like it's um you know some of the rules that have been implemented recently to bring more offense, more of a passing game into the into the league. Or at least that's what the appearances have been. But uh yeah, wow. But uh, I'm sure back in Pittsburgh, you know, there uh, there's a lot of a lot of people happy that they got that uh, edge rusher. Yeah, they no, do. No doubt about that. All right. Yeah. Lions win today. Twenty nine, twenty seven. And Bill, I, I, I couldn't help but think back to a little over 12 years ago when uh, the Lions beat <laughs> the Cleveland Browns on that infamous uh, Matthew Stafford drive. We talked about it a, a couple yeah. of years ago. Number one, I can't believe that was 12 years ago. But the reason why I say I was having a flashback is because I was watching the game with my son. This time, instead of being at the stadium, we were at home. And if you had a camera in our front room, you would never know that the Lions were winless. We were yelling at the TV. We were screaming. (laughs) We were jumping up and down. Goff, what are you doing? No, 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 no. All of that (laughs) stuff. And, and folks, I'm telling you, it's a subtle reminder of why we love football. Do we want our team to do better? Of course we do. And they have a lot of draft picks that they have to make count the next couple of years. I'll, I'll remind you uh, that hopefully that gets them on the right path. But, but Bill, I'll tell you what, I didn't care what the record was. You're, right. you're playing a long-time divisional rival, whether yep. it be the North, whether it be the Central. It's the stinking Vikings, and you mm-hmm. got a chance to win, and the Lions found a way to win it. No question, Sean. And, and I was having flashbacks, too. I was trying to – pay attention and toward the end of the game I was able to watch the last minute or so but my flashback I had I had two flashbacks I had a flashback way back to 2001 when the team when we finally got our first win in December against the Minnesota Minnesota Vikings Vikings. yeah and I'm thinking okay there's some good karma here maybe I don't know um and then the other the other game I flashed back to was in 15 when we finally beat the Packers yeah, and just exploded. And, and I, you know, seeing Dan Campbell's reaction after the game, the player's reaction. I mean, the, what I, what I sort of equate that to is you start the season and you got this, this balloon and 
every every loss there's more air pumped into it and every loss there's more air pumped into it and it just expands and expands and expands and it's ready to break and explode with that first win and that's what happened today it exploded in joy and the fans that were there they weren't like you said you and your son they didn't care what the record was they were it was a day they won't forget because they were there for the first win yep and uh what what this sport does is remarkable and and it i i would be remiss to not thank dan campbell and the lions for what they did for our community today um dan was exceptional amon reynolds who i'd worked with and is now in charge of the pr department there was exceptional i was dealing with with amon and dan on a few things this week and uh I told Dan I'd sent him a note after the game and I said what what you did today the the few minutes that you took to do what you did today will be remembered and impactful to those families for the rest of their lives there is no doubt about it and to think that football gives you the platform to do something like that um it does it does and it and it it's real and it's genuine and it's heartfelt and given the game ball to the community there's not a person in oxford that won't appreciate that and depending on where it's located um won't get there won't want to get their picture taken with that ball it will remind them of a horrific event but it'll also remind them of the love and the um the way that the community responded Take your time with that. Amen. Yeah. Amen, my friend. And uh, I couldn't agree more. I just class all yeah. the way around after that game. And uh, I'll tell you what, if you don't want to root for Dan Campbell, I, I don't know what to tell you. He's, he's just yeah. such a likable guy and you can yeah. disagree with things and all of that, but just a likable guy and certainly a class individual yeah. as well. Uh, something that we'll all never forget. You you brought no up question. that game in 2001, Bill. Yeah. I, I, um, Johnny uh, Morton. Johnny Morton, I'm yeah. sure, made your life interesting that day, right? Oh. Well, you know what we did with that, Sean? And uh, I know we're in 2021. I'm not sure what the seven words are. You can't. Let's say, say behind. His behind. behind. Yeah. Well, we, we had become the butt. <laughs> say that. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> we had become the butt uh, of Jay Leno jokes because we hadn't won a game yet. Right. So uh, after that game, and it was just like today, the euphoria, the explosion of of happiness, of joy. Um, Johnny, <laughs> you know, screams out to any camera that would listen, and Jay Leno can kiss my behind. Okay. <laughs> and I think all the Lions fans loved it. So I don't know if you remember this, Johnny, but, um, you know, trying to be the, the, uh, the PR guy here. I'm thinking, okay, what can we do with this? So I actually contacted um, – Jay's producer, director, I'm not sure. I think somebody at the league office probably helped him because he was on NBC and through our NBC contacts. And the long and short of it was, is we got a live setup, a live hookup with Johnny and the the taping of the show. 
and Jay was a great, you know, guy about it. What a good sport he was. And we had a donkey brought out onto the set, and Jay kissed the donkeys behind. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was one of those things you never forget. And uh, and we were able to um, to have some fun with it. But but like like we said, just the release of emotion, of pent up, whew, you know, finally. And and I think you saw a lot of that last week in the big house. I mean, it was different, but it was the same. All those years just waiting to beat those Buckeyes, to beat them soundly, to beat them for the championship opportunity, all those factors. And and I've had so many people tell me that they've never been in a college atmosphere, anything like it was last week at the big house. I mean, national people have said that. So again, it all comes back to the game of football and why we love it. So with it, the emotion it can produce, the the community that it creates and, and, and good times and bad times. It's something that we can all rally behind. And um, wow. Wow. What a, yeah. what a, what a week we've had. Yeah. No doubt about that. Ram man scores a touchdown in the fourth quarter. One of the most uh, gentleman type guys you'll meet Corey Schlesinger. You know, I, yeah. I've had an yeah. opportunity to do things with him over the years. Yeah. Just a, just a wonderful guy. Right. He scored that touchdown, and the whole time you're thinking, yeah. can they make it hold? Can they make it right. hold? And they did yeah. for Marty Morningweg's uh, first win as yeah. head coach of the Lions. Boy, And you, you know what, Sean? The other game, and I know you remember this, was 2009, Jim Schwartz's first year, because we were on that long losing streak, mm-hmm. seven, 19 games, and we played Washington. Yep. And I, the, the play that I'll never forget in that game was it was a third down are we gonna run the ball kill the clock or run the clock because you know we don't want to give it back to washington and and um i don't know if matthew stafford checked at the line of scrimmage or it was the play call but he throws a seam pattern to our tight end at the time i think it was either i think it was ron heller i could be wrong on that or or tony scheffler maybe i I'm, i'm not sure but it was a a laser and nobody expected us to throw in that situation, but we did, we converted. And, and I remember just the exhale after that game, similar to, to the ones we talked about. It's uh, those are things you just don't forget about. No, you don't Yeah, 1914 win. Another one of those boy, Bill, I, I, my good, we talk about these games and it's just like, I remember exactly where I was, what I was doing, all of that stuff. It's like, how was that 12 years ago? How was that game against the Vikings 20 years ago? You know, but here we are. All right. One more segment to go here on a Sunday night. So glad you could join us. He's Bill Keenest. I'm Sean Belegian. This is Gridiron Wrap on 760 WJR. Welcome back. Final segment of the show. And uh, a couple things we want to hit on before we get out of here. Always like to keep you abreast of what's going on. Washington gets a win, a field goal late in the game. They knock off uh, the Raiders 17 to 15. The Washington football team improves to 6 and 6. The Rams back on track. They knock off the Jags 37 to 7. The Steelers. In uh, what has become one of the best rivalries in football, knock mm-hmm. off the Ravens, twenty to nineteen to improve to six five and one. 
Seahawks get a, a win against uh, the Niners, who, Bill, as you said before we went to the break, mm-hmm. uh, had been hot. They had won three straight. The Seahawks mm-hmm. uh, win 30-23 to tonight. Uh, Broncos and Chiefs get together tomorrow night, Patriots and mm-hmm. Bills. A couple of uh, darn good games the next couple mm-hmm. of nights. Uh, Want to send out our condolences to a guy that was uh, a coach for the Lions for mm-hmm. some time. Many teams, Bill, uh, Stan yeah. Juan, uh, special teams coach, mm-hmm. passed away this week. Uh, far yeah. too far too young. I mean, no other way to yeah. say that. But certainly uh, our, our fondest uh, wishes for peace to his family and certainly yes. thoughts and prayers. Amen. And, and Stan was an exceptional person and coach. In one story, I'll be quick. You remember the infamous game in, in uh, Arizona in 2000 or wait what year was it 1999 when we went out there with a six and two record and bobby ross inexplicably when we scored a touchdown late when we were down by 10 decided to go for two the chart yes and we didn't make it we drove down and would have had a tying field goal but we were down by four instead stan kwan was to my recollection this is what i was told was the only coach on the sideline when Bobby called for two that went up to him and said, coach, do you really want to do this? I mean, we were rolling at the time uh, offensively and defensively and uh, Bobby did what he wanted to do and it, it didn't work, but Stan uh, was a, was a wonderful person and a wonderful coach. Yeah, certainly uh, our, our thoughts go out to his family. Bill, I know in the remaining minutes that we have here, you wanted to, to share a a story about Oxford as well. Uh, You know, again, in case you're just joining us, folks, uh, Bill has been an Oxford guy forever. Uh, Went, your kids went through the school. Uh, You were on the school board. Uh, This hit too close to home for all of us, but really in your own backyard. No doubt. And, uh, you know, I've talked to people throughout the week as, as so many have about what happened and our memories and what the town's like and the community and, the high school and what have you. But uh, one memory I've always had about the high school and high school football was um, the first game we had on the blue turf, the infamous Oxford blue turf back in 2011. Um, my son, Billy, was coaching for the legendary Bud Riley at the time. My son, Chris, was the head JV coach at the time. And we're opening the stadium uh, the turf, the blue turf against the defending state champions, Lake Orion, our our next door neighbor, our arch rival. And they had won the division one state title the year before. And Sean, that there was over 11,000 people at the game. It was incredible. The stadium is like U of M where it's, it's in a bowl. You walk down to it, just an incredible vista uh, for high school football. And the team won that day. They, they won by over 20 points just destroyed by Corian on the field. But the thing I remember most, and I get chills as I tell you this, and I've shared this many times, after that game, it seemed like the entire community descended upon that turf. I'm sure people wanted to see the turf, of course, but people came down there after the big win and they wouldn't leave. They wouldn't leave. An hour after the game, everybody was still there. And there were generations of families, you know, fathers that played for Bud Raleigh and their sons who were playing for him now, grandparents, grandchildren, and nobody wanted to leave. And it was something that just gets you about the community 
that we live in. And then moving ahead to this past Friday night with a vigil uh, on our main street in town, you saw the same thing. Everybody showed up. Um, it was such a needed opportunity to hug, to cry together, but to be together. And small communities like this throughout the country, Oxford is not the only one. They're, they're all over the place, um, can relate. I mean, anybody can relate. Um, and, uh, you know, we just hope and pray that, uh, like you said earlier, some good can come from this. You know, maybe we'll all learn something, hopefully, to prevent such a tragedy from happening again and for any community, let alone, again, going back to those four families that have to go through something like this. Bill, I, I know I've told you this many times um, in, in, in the past few years. It took me a while to figure out how important the prep scene is in, in the quote-unquote yeah, yeah. hometown. It is. Mm -hmm. It's part of your DNA. It just mm -hmm. is. It's it's part of mm -hmm. your DNA. And, you know, I was always so busy covering whether it be the Lions or college football or doing the stuff that I've done with hockey mm -hmm. that it wasn't until later in life that, you know, yeah. you, you take that deep breath, you slow down a little bit, and you take in that Friday mm -hmm. night game and it is yeah. just a beautiful thing. There's, there's nothing quite like it. And right. that is something that uh, when they take the field again, this Oxford football team, mm -hmm. boy, what a healing moment that's going to be for everybody. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. All right. We got to get out of here, Bill. Uh, all the best. Uh, always appreciate mm -hmm. doing the show with you. Uh, Jason Fissler. Thank you very much. Eric Dorch as well. Have a fantastic evening, everybody. We will talk to you again next Saturday, next Sunday, right here, Gridiron Wrap on 760 WJR.